Hi, and welcome to We Do That, Careers That Make a Difference. I am Dr. Eric Legg, Associate Professor in the School of Community Resources and Development. And in this podcast, we're going to talk to alumni, faculty, and friends of our program about what they do, their ASU experience, and how they make a difference in the world. We hope you'll enjoy hearing from our amazing alumni, and I know you'll gain some insights and hear some great advice. Welcome to our second episode of We Do That, Careers That Make a Difference. Today, we're going to be talking to Manny Padilla. Manny is a legend in the field. He's an alum, he's been a longtime professional, and he was a faculty member for a few years. Manny is one of the most passionate people I know about the field of recreation, and my job today is going to be to get out of his way and let that passion come through. And so taking that advice, let's get started. All right, Manny, excited to have you here today. We're with the, the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> uh, Manny Padilla. Uh, I'm not sure folks know your many roles. You've been an alum. Uh, well, I guess you still are an alum. That's not a category you lose. Uh, you've been a, a faculty member, a, a student favorite, although we always knew your heart was in the field, I think. <laughs> and then you worked in, in nonprofit rec. You've worked through municipal rec. Uh, I don't think you worked in commercial side of rec, but but maybe you have. No, no commercial. I, I haven't, no. <laughs> Um, so you're also one of the most passionate advocates for recreation that I know, and in particular youth development. And I hope we give you a chance to get on your soapbox a little bit. I hope I can just say like, Manny, like share some wisdom with yeah. us. Um, so uh, let's talk a little bit about ASU. I won't out you by making you tell us when you graduated, um, but how did you end up at ASU? Uh, you know, funny story. Uh, I, you know, I, right after high school, dropped out of college. I, you know, thought I could go to work and do that whole thing. Um, and uh, went back to school a little bit later on. Wanted to be a, a D.A.R.E. officer. Uh, uh, the D.A.R.E. program was really cool. I remember just kind of interacting with young people. I started working in recreation when I was 17. I got a job my senior year of high school um, working in summer rec and, and in the after school programs and had a really a lot of fun doing it. But I didn't realize that recreation was a degree or a major. Um, and so when I started at the community colleges, I was just kind of, you know, doing my thing, taking a bunch of classes and uh one day uh, I had heard about this this mythical unicorn recreation degree. Um, and at the time I was hosted at the ASU West Campus. Um, that's how long ago it's been for me. <laughs> so, and uh, I went over, I met some of the faculty, I uh, had a fantastic trip and, and was really excited. I, you know, I, I worked some other jobs um, while I was going to community college and uh, really loved recreation um, and it really spoke to me. Um, and so once I found out I could study that, um, I found myself at the West Campus. Uh, recreation and Tourism Management was the name of the program at the time and um, was active on campus as a, an officer with our, our club um, and then the alumni club after. So uh, yeah, that's how I found my way there. Yeah, great. Why? Well, I think the cliche, the more things change, the more they stay the same is apt here because a lot of our students, as you know, uh, were rec kids, had no idea you could make a career out of it and then yeah. stumble upon it. Uh, I, I want to piggyback on something you said that you came back to school, which also, as you know, a lot of our students do. Yeah. So what specific advice would you have for those folks who, who maybe aren't your traditional 18-year-old starting college? No, you know, I think for, for those coming back or for those maybe even in the process of re-careering is, is just to really remind yourself of, of why. Why are you going back? Why are you pursuing this now? And, and, and it's hard, I think, sometimes to to 
to to know that you can go get a part-time job at an Amazon or something quick and easy, but is it going to feed the soul? You know, and that's really kind of the story I told and I transitioned out of the university. It was a lot of fun, but uh, it wasn't feeding my soul. I mean, and uh, it was something that, that for me, that's important. You know, we, we work a, a lot, big chunk of our lives and, and uh, my mom, I, I used to watch her hate going to work every day and she did it. Um, and I told myself I would never do that, that I, I, I want something that's going to, going to fulfill me. If I have to spend time away from my family and, and, uh, and if this is that thing, if recreation and, and community sports and therapeutic rec is your thing, then 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 go get it and go get it all and, and enjoy every moment of it and meet people. And because you never know where those connections are going to take you, you know, so so I would encourage you, don't be afraid about age or, or those things, because um, we all bring something different to the table. What advice would you give to a younger Manny at ASU? <sighs> oh, man, a younger Manny. That's a. Uh... I was a different one. I tell you, um, for, for somebody that's excited, you know, it's, uh, it, it's awesome to be excited, but but you have to be intentional with that excitement. You can't just be willy-nilly going all over, volunteering to try everything and doing everything. Um, look at those things again that, that that really interest you and that call to you and and find out ways to do that. The other thing I tell every student when I have a chance is don't be afraid to call a professional in the industry now that you're interested in going into and introduce yourself and say hi and ask them if you can go visit them at their office and talk to them about what they want to do. Um, as a student, you know, people like to talk about themselves. And so as a student, if there's somebody I see, uh, you know, that there's something I want to do, um, I want to make that happen. Now, I created my own internship when I was a student getting ready to graduate. I called the Arizona Parks and Recreation Association office. It was an office of two people. Um, and it took me, I think, eight months to finally get them to say yes to an internship for me. Um, and, you know, it was a lot of a lot of pressure on my end, but I wanted it. And so I just kept offering and kept sharing and and uh, offered to do it for free. I mean, I know times are different. I get that. Um, you know, eventually, they found some stipend money for me, which was awesome. But but don't be afraid to reach out and call and meet people. It's so important. Volunteer at conferences and go to workshops and just continue to learn. Yeah, I, I use that same line a lot with students. Like people love to talk about themselves. Like yes, call and ask. They'll, they'll yeah, uh, I don't want to miss this opportunity without getting my own soapbox. So you talked about <laughs> getting to know people, and I 100 percent agree. Uh, Sometimes, oftentimes, I hear students use the phrase, it's all about who you know, and I frequently try to correct, it's not who you know, it's who knows what you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. skill set, <laughs> yeah, skill set and uh, network, so, so it takes both of those things, and, and then certainly we know you had both of those things as well. Yeah. Uh, in any moments you remember that were particularly meaningful in either choosing your major or your career path? You know, for, for me, the, the big thing I'll tell you again, I mentioned I started work when I was 17. Um, at 18 years old, after having been in the field for a year, um, I had a student in my program. It was a summer recreation program. Um, his name was Mouse. Everybody knew him as Mouse. And he came up to me and asked me uh, if he could talk to me in my office. And my office was a corner, uh, you know, corner desk in the, the corner of the space we were in. And then uh, Mouse asked me uh, if I would be his dad, right? And at the time, I'm 18. I'm working because it pays the bills. You know, I had a girlfriend. She loved to go to Olive Garden. And, and that's why I worked, you know, and, but at that day, that moment, um, I think it just kind of punched me in the face, right? Like the work that we do in these after school programs and youth programs makes such an impact, a profound impact on these young people. Here was I at 18 with no real direction, yet this young man thought that I was the most mature male in his life that I could be his dad. You know, and that that sticks with me. That that stays with me forever. I can still see his face. 
I still remember the conversation I had with his grandma. Um, his parents weren't in the picture. And so I spoke to grandma after and, and, uh, that, I think that changed me, you know, that, that, that really truly deeply touched me. And, and, and I knew then that as I was coming back in that, that I had to be involved in youth programs and recreation in some way, shape or form. And, um, this is the path that gives me that ability to give back. Yeah. I think a lot of us in this field have those moments. Yeah. Any of them really. Yeah. They, they give it meaning to us. Uh, so let's talk about your career. We are calling this podcast. Um, we do that um, careers that make a difference. Okay. Um, so how does your career make a difference? Oh man, you know, I, uh, I've, I've been around, so I've worked, uh, I've actually, uh, am currently now with the city of Glendale. Uh, this is my third stint here in the city of Glendale. Um, I grew up in Glendale, so Glendale is very personal to me. Uh, but I've also worked in the city of Buckeye. Um, I worked in the city of Chandler running teen programs, uh, the city of Buckeye. Uh, so I've, I've, I've kind of joked sometimes that I'm a recreation mercenary. I go where the programs need me. Um, and, and, you know, I've also worked with Boys and Girls Clubs uh, as well. But I, I think our programs make a difference because we, especially in my area, as a youth professional, uh, a youth development professional, you know, the programs that we provide to these kids allow families to go do the things that need to be done, whether that be work, whether that be take care of another loved one, um, that needs assistance. Um, when parents know that they have a safe place for their kids to be, um, they really are able to separate themselves and do what they need to do. They can go to work and work an extra shift because they know our programs are going to be here for them, you know, and, and, and even working in sports programs, you know, to, to have a young person who doesn't know if they like kickball or softball or soccer, try it and then fall in love with it um, and then have those kids go on to do amazing things. We had a young man in our program a long time ago who played in the NFL. So to get to watch him on Sundays was really cool, knowing that as an elementary student, he played in a flag football intramural league that we created because we wanted to give kids that couldn't afford sports an opportunity to play sports. Um, and that was really awesome, too. So so I think our work is uh, is important in all areas of this program, Eric, that, that we're running there in the SCRD, uh, you know, that the, all the programs there touch people in different ways um, and give them opportunities to to experience life. And I think that's what's so important about the work that we do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you're currently a recreation administrator. Uh, I am fairly recent promotion. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very uh, much. So, so tell us about that job. What do you do? What does that mean? So uh, as the recreation administrator, it's been three months, uh, but my role really is to supervise the recreation division here in the city of Glendale Parks and Recreation Department. So um, I oversee the aquatics program at Foothills Recreation and Aquatic Center. We've just recently opened three new community centers. We operate those six days a week. Um, we have an adult center um, and we have a youth and adult sports program. Um, and so within all of those programs, it's my job to, to make sure that my team has the tools and the resources necessary to deliver quality programs. And so I might manage budgets. I explore training opportunities. We're building training plans for our staff to make sure that our staff are getting that professional development so that if they want the opportunities to grow, uh, they have them. Um, work on different proposals. We work with the Parks and Recreation Commission, providing them information about upcoming projects. Um, and then we also will prepare reports for councils so that they can hopefully understand the impact that we make. So it's a, a little bit of everything, a little more high level. Um, I still make it a point, though, to, to regularly get out to my sites and stop and visit and play a game of Connect Four with some kids who I never let win. They have to earn it. But, uh, you know, you have to remind yourself yeah. of the why. Um, so so the, the job I do still makes a difference, it, just in a different way. I, I talk a lot about Cars 3, the movie Cars 3, and, and you know, Lightning McQueen kind of passes the torch to the next racer. Um, and I think that that's what I'm doing in this role. I'm trying to give the next generation of recreation professionals the opportunity to grow and flourish and innovate um, and make their own impacts. 
So you have a lot of management responsibilities now. So a student recently asked me, uh, and I would love your answer to this question. He said, I don't want to be a manager. I love the the day-to-day, the, -day, the interaction. I love being with the kids. I love that direct programming. How do you how do you deal with that? I know you love the direct programming too. Like, how do you feel about being a manager and how much do you miss that other side of things? Yeah, you know, that's a that's a fantastic question. And you know what's funny is I think every recreation professional um tells themselves the very same thing. You know, I, I think a lot of us get into it because of those experiences we had on the front lines of programs, interacting with families and interacting with customers and, and interacting um with those kinds of things. Um what I would implore a, a student or a young professional to think about though is is uh do people care about it and can people speak about it the way you can because you truly believe in the work that you do? Um, and sometimes the best way for me to continue to make that impact to the front line is to give them as many tools and resources as possible. And when we're competing sometimes in a municipal agency, we people they people feel there's a competition between police and fire and they're always going to get the funding and, and parks and recreation for some is a tough sell. I get that. But I think when someone can speak so passionately about it and can speak so well um, to the impact that it makes to a community, I think that makes a difference. And so, you know, as I've gotten older and I've gotten through the profession, um, I have to step back and remind myself that, uh, yeah, I, I do miss that. I, I miss those days. And again, I'll stop in occasionally and play some games with a kid because I have to remind myself. Um, but I also tell myself that uh, I don't know if anybody can deliver the message about how important we are as well as I can. Um, and that's why it's important for us sometimes to to take those next steps, you know? You, you answered that much more eloquently than I did in the past, <laughs> but, there, but there is a similarity in it. When yeah. I was management role running sports programs, I would try to get at least once a week yeah. to, to a field and I would just walk out. I wouldn't have to spend much time and I would yep. see hundreds of kids and adults like playing sports and I would always kind of have this pause and this moment of gratitude and pride like I did that right? yeah They're all out here playing having this experience because of what I do in the office um, right those connection points uh, made all the admin stuff worth it yeah well and you know when when you know that your your kids are playing on ball fields that are well taken care of and well manicured and those kinds of things because of you know an agreement we made with the parks team and you know we provided some funding they got the tools necessary and now we were able to together to make this thing work and this ball field look amazing kids feel great when they're playing on great you know, resources, when the, the turf looks good, the lines are drawn out nicely and, and those kinds of things. It's the subtleties now that, that you know, kids don't go out intentionally and look for that stuff. A kid can play sports with a, a paper bag and, and call it good and be excited and that's fine. But when they get to play on that wow factor of a field, that's even more impressive to them. And so if I can deliver that way, um, then it's just, it's one more step. It's, it's one more memory. It's one more core memory that that sticks yep. in that kid's head. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what skills does someone need for your job? Oh, man, that's a fantastic question. Um, I, I really think that, you know, the big thing for us right now is, is we have to have some empathy as to what's going on in the world around us and what's going on um, with families a little bit. We have to understand um, that, uh, that, that there's a lot. You know, people have to relearn, I think, a little bit how to engage with community after COVID and post-COVID. And uh, there's a lot of those kinds of things. Um, but we also have to have empathy with new professionals as they're growing. We have to have a willingness to let them fail and make mistakes so that they can learn from those things. I know I've made several mistakes over the course of my career. And 
So it's really important for for me as a leader, as an administrator, to to encourage my staff to to be innovative. But don't be afraid to fail. You're not going to get in trouble because you tried this new idea and it didn't work. Um, you will get in trouble if you're stagnant. I don't want stagnancy. I don't want people to do it because we've always done it that way. I want to I want to push boundaries. Um, and so I think it's having that ability to to talk and communicate with your staff so that they they know that um, and that they feel secure in that. Um, and I also think it's important for us to be authentic. You have to be your authentic self. People know when you're just pretending or you're you know you're not really engaged um i and, and so you want to be authentic to who you are and, and what you expect and i think if you can be open and honest with that and have those conversations that that your staff will buy into the process of what you're doing yeah yeah great so a, a student who's interested in a career or job like yours what's one thing they can be doing now as a student to prepare for that that's interested like in as an administrator or as a recreation professional in general uh, however you want to take that. All right. I, I would say, um, as an administrator, um, and even going into a coordinator in full-time capacity, uh, students have to understand that the paperwork and the budgets and the processes, those are part of the gig. You know, it's very easy for us to, to want to focus solely on the fun piece. I want to get out and play. I want to do a special event. I want to do those things, but the planning and the paperwork that's necessary, that's important, um, to those functions, um, is vital. And, and so it's, it's practicing that being thorough, you know, doing work, um, not at the last minute because that's when you can get it done, but doing work thoroughly and in, in preparing yourself to, to be able to fully answer those kinds of questions. Um, again, and to go again, go out and meet people as a student that wants to do this kind of work. You have to be familiar with all aspects you know if you're not a, a, a therapeutic rec student take a class or talk to some students and find out what they're talking about um, that perspective can change the way that you approach your job uh, in recreation and after school programs and youth programs so so meet and talk to people about their things don't get so focused and hyper focused on just one area but prepare yourself to work in multiple areas yes sometimes i think many of our students understand that better than we do on the yeah. side the, the interrelationships between the different fields yeah but yeah that is that is a great reminder and also a reminder that you do need the skill set uh, <laughs> yep. in there yep uh, so, so i want to switch gears a little bit and i want to talk about um, municipal recreation and nonprofit recreation because you've been on both sides um, of that fence it's actually something we were talking about in class this morning yeah. Uh, so, so kind of compare and contrast a little bit for us. Like, how are those two things different? Why might someone be interested in one versus the other? Um. Yeah. You know, I, I think some of the the bigger challenges in, in the the municipal side is sometimes there's some red tape, right? There's processes, things involved. If I want to try a new program, it has to go up my ladder. And then sometimes depending on the type of program, you know, a council member might get involved or a council representing the district might be uh, involved or um, staff people get involved. Maybe there's a, an IGA. If somebody wants to come out and do a tour. Well, now I'm required to reach out to the IGA office to make sure that we're not stepping on toes. Senator Mark Kelly came out to do a tour here of some of our community centers. We received some federal funding, which was fantastic. But as soon as that call comes in, I have to run that through the intergovernment you know, office, and then they kind of handle some of that scheduling, and then we work through that. Um, and so on the municipal side, I think there's a little bit more of of that that planning ahead and process. When we plan magazines, we're three to six months out already as far as when's the upcoming program, when activities are coming. On the nonprofit side, you know, I think you answer to to a different set of bosses, right? There's a board, but a lot of times on the nonprofit side, we're we're working off of grants, and so the 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 type of reporting that we have to do is extremely different. Um, you know, we've received funding to offer the STEM program, that's fantastic. But we have to track regularly how many people are participating. What do the numbers look like? What are average daily attendances? And so although we track some of those numbers on the municipal side, those aren't the driving factors. 
Whereas on a nonprofit side, your your driving factor, the reason that you're open might be because you've secured grants and funding. But in order to utilize that, you're required to track and report your data differently. Um, and so so those, I think, are some of the bigger differences um, between programs. And you might have a lot more flexibility in how you deliver a program on a nonprofit. You might be able to decide, hey, I want to try this and turn around and run it right away. Whereas on a municipal side, there's a little bit more of a process. It's not as easy as just a, oh, I want to try this esport program. Um, you know, I need this, this, and this. I need five thousand dollars in equipment. Can I just go buy it? Well, no. There has to be approval because depending on the amount of money I spend. So I think those are the real two big differences, Eric, that I would see. I mean, deep down inside, underneath everything, we're still trying to deliver service to young people um, and deliver service to community. Um, but it's just the, the how it's monitored and and who we're reporting back to. Yeah, great. So if I had a a job offer from, say, the YMCA or the nonprofit in the city of Glendale on the other side, a similar job. Yeah. Um, what kind of counsel would you give to someone to help them make that decision? What kind of things should they be asking themselves or the organization? Yeah, I absolutely want to talk to about, you know, benefits packages and what do those benefits look like? Every agency is going to offer you benefits in some type of way. Um, on the municipal side, you might be donating or contributing to the Arizona State Retirement System, right? And that's getting that's getting into the mud where a lot of us are like, oh, I don't want to mess with that stuff, you know, but we have to. We have to look into to retirement and, and what do those things look like for us in the future? Um, but I, I think, too, that, you know, it's it, it's those questions that, you know, when it comes to me, it's, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding of, oh, you work for a nonprofit, so, you know, you're not going to make a lot of money. Uh, but I will tell you that I got made more money going and leaving a, a municipal agency to take a position with a nonprofit um, simply from the negotiation piece. And so it's just having those conversations um, with the organization. Now, not every organization has the capacity to do that, but if you don't ask the question, then you won't know. Um, and so, um, you know, but I, I would weigh those kinds of things. I would weigh proximity and distance to house. How close is it to my family? Do I have a family? What are my hours? Can I make it to my kids' golf tournaments or golf matches? You know, those are important things. I, I took a job in municipality. I was an hour and a half away from my house. I mean, it worked for a while. I did that for about a year. But when an opportunity presented itself, similar money, but closer to home, that weighed heavily for me to know that yeah. I could be home in, you know, 20 minutes versus an hour and 30, you know, and, and I don't think we think about that sometimes when we're younger, we're like, oh, I'll drive wherever my car works, you know, it's, it's, but as you get older, I think those are different things that, that you weigh in. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And on the academic side, we often forget about those practical things. <laughs> right. We kind of get yeah. lost in the weeds and it's good to kind of take a step back there. Yeah, well, so, and like, you know, I, I joke with my wife all the time that she lives on the couch of reality, right? Like me, I'm I'm this, you know, I'm out here, I'm in the dreams and I want to make a difference. But it's like, okay, that's great that you want to make a difference, but we have bills to pay. And so we have to look at, you know, <laughs> yeah. you have to look at those things, the cost of gas and that kind of stuff. And, you know, how long does it take me? And if there's an accident on I-10, does my hour and a half drive to work now become four hours so it's it's just little things that you know and i think as we do it longer we pick up on that stuff and but again if those things aren't important to you and you're comfortable and, and you like the team you know i think that that's a big thing too is, is is the person that's offering you the job maybe someone you looked up to is it a mentor that you've maybe been curious about and really wanted to work for and explore um you know and and it's like I said, I think at different points in our life, we weigh different factors um, and we weigh those things. I left a municipal agency to go to a nonprofit, the Boys and Girls Clubs here in Metro Phoenix at the time. And uh, I would always been curious about it. And it was cool to go and learn and see how they did it. Um, but I still found my way back to municipal recreation because this is, again, I think more suited to me and what I'm trying to do. Yeah, great. Uh, last topic and something you care deeply about, I know, and you've already touched on, uh, yeah. is youth development. I kind of just want to be like, Manny, recreation and youth development, go. 
<laughs> so, so, so tell us more about the, the value of recreation and youth development and how that works. And yeah, just get on yeah. your soapbox. Here's your chance. No, it's all good. You know, the, the big thing I, I like to, to remind people is, is that recreation and games, um, you know, although to some seem like more organized chaos, they bring structure and instruction to kids, uh, you know, uh, I teach kind of a history of play class at the community college level still. And, and people don't realize that shoots and ladders, you know, was introduced as snakes and ladders to teach the kids about morality. And when you make a decision, if you really stop and look at that game, you know, kids learn, Oh, I threw this rock through a window. That's a penalty. I have to go backwards. Oh, I helped my friend. Now I can advance. We really teach life lessons to young people through games. And I think that some of the staff really don't always don't realize that. And parents don't realize that like, oh, they just see us playing dodgeball, but they don't understand the teamwork that goes into that. They don't understand the hand-eye coordination that goes into that. You know, they don't understand those kinds of things, that conflict resolution that goes into playing group games, um, you know, in, in basketball or playing Jenga and working together to not balance. But kids learn those things. You know, they also learn the ability to communicate through play um, and they can kind of learn and they meet their friends and they do that stuff. And so, you know, I think when we talk about youth development for some people, it's like, oh, well, yeah, but it's recreation. And, you know, in so many people look at recreation as, as just babysitting, right? Like, especially working with young people. Um, that's one of the biggest misconceptions, like, oh, you're just a babysitter. But I don't think people realize the lifelong lessons that kids are learning through recreation activities. You know, I, I, I joke often that, that, that recreation is the peanut butter to the celery stick. You know, kids have to learn life. They have to learn structure. They have to learn rules. Well, when we do it through recreation and through play, you know, we can we slather that peanut butter on. We put a couple ants on it. We call it a different name. And then the kids eat that up. They, they love it. And, and kids want structure. You know, they, they seek that. And so when we can provide that in a game they're learning about those things. They learn about following rules and, and what is the the world around us. Driving is all rules. The red light means stop, you know, green light means go. Very basic rules that we start to teach kids at young ages. We teach people how to share. We teach people how to work together. And so I think people fail to realize the power of that and the importance of that. And, and some young people doing the work, they start off in the job just because it was fun, you know, like, oh yeah, it sounds cool. I get to throw dodgeballs at kids. That's awesome. But they don't realize, I think, the power of, of the impact that they're making on these young people. You know, and, and the other thing I will tell you, Eric, is in, in youth profession, youth development, these kids connect with you, regardless of whether or not you want them to. They see you as, as someone that works in their program, um, as another caring adult. And research tells us that caring adults have a profound impact on young people just outside of the households. And whether or not you want to be that person, whether you're 16 or 18 or 22 or you're 47 coming back to the industry or coming back to work, you make an impact on a young person because you, you're excited about them coloring within the lines. You're excited about them, um, you know, building a, a snowman out of marshmallows and spoons and building a catapult using rubber bands. Like it seems silly to us as adults, but it, it, it's profound to these young people. Yeah. Uh, maybe, as you know, there's a, a workforce shortage in the field. And I think we could solve that if we just got you in front of people and <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure about that, but I, I, I try, Eric. I, I really do. I, I like I said, you know, I, I, I get out to high schools and I speak to classes and these these kids that are in coop programs. Um, and I, I try to let them know that, like I said, I, I, I want to pay you to have fun. I want you to to make a difference in the life of a young person. And you know, teachers, hey, listen, you know, come and work with us. We're different than than schools. It's we're built different. Um, and so, uh, 
I love what we do. I love the work that we do. Um, I love what your students are doing, studying this field and this area of interest, um, because I know that they're going to make profound impacts in their lives. And, you know, if there's ever anybody that wants to chat about anything, you know, know that I'm obviously open. I've answered some calls. I've had some interns from the program. Um, I used to work with the internship program, so I value it. I appreciate it. I respect it. Um, and I appreciate the work you're doing, Eric, as well. Well, thank you. Last last thing, and this will be yeah. quick. I know you're hiring a lot of folks. Um, so you want to use this opportunity to, to pitch either just a career in Glendale in general, not sure when people will hear this, for current openings, like yeah, so you know, guys, for for any student interested in any city municipality, um, Glendale hires. We start at, at you know fifteen dollars an hour for our recreation aides. It's an entry level position just to get some experience. Recreation leaders go up to sixteen fifty. I have some full time recreation programmer positions. I have one open that closes in the next day or so. But again, uh, internships, CFE opportunities. You want to come and just volunteer, come and watch us for a day. But but constantly look, um, you know, and, and ask, and don't be afraid to call somebody and ask if they have positions open. Um, we have the ability to do direct hires here in Glendale, so I don't necessarily have to have a position posted, but if I find that I'm in need, I'm in the work that we do here varies. You might want to work in a community center working with young people. Maybe you want to work in an adult center working with the adult population. Maybe you want to try to help with our, our events team or or folks that working in a fitness facility, you know, doing fitness classes and aerobics classes. Maybe that's your jam. That's awesome. We do a little bit of everything. I have a sports team. I have an adult center team, youth and teen division, you know, the foothills uh, recreation aquatic side. So um, let me know. Reach out. Let, let me help you. And, and if you're not sure where to start, shoot me an email. I know people in all cities across the state of Arizona. Um, we can get you helped out. But but don't be afraid, guys. A, a lot of us professionals started where you are as students. A lot of us professionals started in part-time positions while going to school. Um, we're flexible. We can work with your school schedule. We'll work around it. Um, I have weekend shifts available as well. So you let us know how we can help, and we'll make it happen. Well, Manny, I think that's the perfect way to end. Uh, thank you, as always. It always brightens my day whenever I get a chance to talk to you. Thank you <laughs> I, for, as always, sharing your wisdom with me and, and with our students and alum and everything you do for the profession. Oh, thank you, Eric, again, for giving me the opportunity and the, the, to, chance, to chat. And hopefully, again, your students uh, are, get out there and excited to make that difference. I'm excited to see them do that. I could listen to Manny talk about the power of recreation all day. I hope you felt his passion in that interview. The show is produced and recorded and all the things by me, Eric Legg, except for our intro music, which was written and recorded by Karina Hogan. In our next episode, we'll be talking to Paige Cloyd. Paige was a Parks and Recreation Management major who went on to get her master's in social work. I'm hoping Paige will share with us that connection and the value of recreation and the outdoors to mental health. Until next time. And if you are interested in learning more about one of our degrees and how you can make your mark on the world, you can find out more at scrd.asu.edu. SCRD is the abbreviation for our school. Again, that's scrd.asu.edu. Or email me at eric.leg at asu.edu. That's E-R-I-C dot L-E-G-G at asu.edu. I promise I'll answer every email and I hope you enjoy our guest.